Hello and welcome to the Wittered Report podcast, where we empower business advisors to transform businesses. This podcast is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice. Don't forget to check out scalingnewheights.com for information about our conference in June. And if you subscribe to this podcast, we will have a special registration offer just for you coming up soon. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. Well, I am excited about today's podcast because today we have two of our featured main stage presenters who are going to be presenting in concert together. And I use that term metaphorically and literally um, from the main stage of Scaling New Heights. Heather Kreider is with us. And in the concert part of things, we have Mark Shulman, who's going to be there with her. So anybody can take this, either Mark or Heather, but what is a drummer and a speaker How do those two things go together before we even get into what you're going to be talking about? How on earth did you as an author, thought leader, and speaker, Heather, partner with a drummer and not just any drummer? Tell us a little bit about Mark for those that don't know him. Heather, would you like to take it? I'll let you jump in because I know you're excited to to dive in. Oh, so you you want me to take it? Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll take it. Well, as the story goes, um, I've been on the road for 32 years touring with some of the greatest artists of all time, Pink, Billy Idol, Cher, Simple Minds, Foreigner, Stevie Nicks, Sheryl Crow. And in, in, whilst I was doing that career, I was also giving many, many drumming clinics, maybe a thousand drumming clinics. And I realized that people were resonating more with the success coaching and the stories than they were simply the playing. And I've always been quite a philosopher. So I thought I could transfer that into the corporate market. So that's what I started doing was um, expanding my training, so to speak, studying with a couple of speaking coaches, an acting coach, a director, a storyteller, and making my program very corporate friendly. And now I'm a professional corporate motivator. That's all I do. I actually quit the road to speak full time. I've written two books. And last year, I was speaking at an incentive program. And Heather was speaking as well. And we immediately connected because we realized that so much of our content is very similar. We have so much resonance. And it was actually Heather's friend that recommended, why don't you two do a program together. So I've been doing a very successful program for Dell, American Express, um, all of these uh, Fortune 500 companies called Hacking the Rockstar Attitude. So I talk about the power of attitude and that is actually the, uh, the topic of my new book. And we thought, why don't we expand upon that and why don't we incorporate Heather's expertise in neuroscience also is an extraordinary speaker. And we decided to marry these two, or as you say, create, put work in concert with each other. And we created Hacking the Rockstar Brain, which is essentially an intersection of rock and roll with simple brain science to elevate your confidence and swagger for world-class performance. And it's like a rock show disguise is a keynote 
and we have so much resonance and so much fun. And so I may tell a road story and then Heather will define it in cognitive ways using brain science and brain techniques. And we found sort of this amazing synergy in how we can put this whole thing together and we get on so well. And I just feel there's such a, such a resonance and such a magic on stage between the two of us. So that's the basic backstory. Heather, if you want to add anything else to it, you please do, because you're the brains. I'm the brawn. Well, and, and speaking <laughs> of brains, Heather, when you do add to that, can you tell us a little bit about neuroscience and, and the connection between that and business success? And then I want to come back around to you, Mark, and I want to I want you to unpack a little bit what you mean by the rock star attitude. But can we start with the neuroscience part? What does that have to do with business success? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll start by piggybacking a little bit of what Mark just said. One of the jokes we have in our performance is, do you ever really think about rock stars of having much of a brain? And, and I, I always go, oh, wait a minute, I've written two books. Come on, that's unfair. So we play off of each other. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and before all the rock stars get too upset about it, the truth <laughs> is the most successful, and we'll leave out some of Mark's stories that he <laughs> should not share from the stage, <laughs> but the most successful rock stars have developed an immense amount of performance in their brains. And so here's where the intersection really happens, Joe. Neuroscience comes into play because we get trained from a very early age how to think, what our beliefs, our values are. And especially when, when we get into business, our subconscious bias, the things that we've seen, really starts to translate in business and let's face it, we have a world of stress and the pressure we have in business. So we've got a, a lot of the subconscious patterns that are formed and we don't even realize it. So where neuroscience really comes into play is understanding a little bit more about our brain, understanding our emotions, understanding our beliefs, understanding how we can be better performers have some rock and roll swagger, have some finesse. But the truth is, if, is if we study, and that's, I'll kind of answer two questions in one here. That's why Mark and I, our collaboration is so amazing because the way he approaches and explaining from performance and, and stories from the road and the way I come in and explain it and say, hey, take a look at this. Think about your brain for a moment. Think about how your thoughts are formed. Think about the overuse of our brains, the way our society has formed an enormous amount of stress and overwhelm in our brains. So that's where neuroscience really comes into play to say, we don't have to know, the average person doesn't really need to know every single uh, neuroscience understanding, but I can at least explain some basics so you can be more present, so you can be not just hire performers, but have some peace and joy. And then guess what? Then your business can soar. And then you can relate more to your clients. You can be more productive. You can be more innovative because you've learned some skills and tools where your brain then can relax a little and not be on such high alert. So there, there's the answer. 
So Heather, at Scaling New Heights, you're going to give folks not just the what of neuroscience, but I'm hearing you say some of the how of how to train your brain to think more clearly, to be more focused. Um, it's going to be very practical. 100%. So I call myself an experiential speaker, meaning the the why is great. The how is great, but let's actually implement Let's get you involved. I'm going to show you how, and then I'm going to help you. That way, when you walk away, you have some nuggets and you're able then to follow these things and take them in your life and practice even during the live event. So absolutely, because doing, that's how our brains learn. Our brains learn by actually experiences and doing. That's fantastic. So um, let's come back to the, I love the swagger word keeps coming, <laughs> it keeps coming up. And I absolutely love that word. Um, and so, cause I would love accountants, bookkeepers, tax preparers to have a little more swagger, right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes we just know what our clients need to do and it just takes a little swagger to convince that, that very directed operational, strong headed business owner to do what we know better than they do. And so if you can give them a little swagger, that's great. And that kind of gets me to the attitude part. So given what I just said, Mark, you know, accountants, bookkeepers, tax preparers, we, we're a treasure trove of data and business experience. But a lot of times we don't, we don't have the rock star attitude when we go into our client relationships and we take a more passive role and we just a compliance role, not compliance like we comply with our business owners, compliance like with the government. So how can accountants and bookkeepers or just anybody listening in today channel this rock star attitude? Well, the foundation of what I talk about, and I've spoken to so many financial organizations, and the idea is that we all have a bit of inner rock star in us. And so what I try to do is I try to, as opposed to people going, oh, isn't Mark cool? I want everybody else to walk away with feeling, oh, I'm cool and I've got that swagger and I can apply this. And the foundation of the concept of attitude is based on a trifecta, which is ABC. The fact that we can't always really control what happens to us, but we can always have, we can always change control or shift our attitudes about what is happening at any point in time. And that's an immediate and very, very powerful action to take. And by shifting your attitude, you're actually driving your behaviors. And one attitude can drive many behaviors. So if you shift your attitude to one that serves you, and all that really takes is a decision. When you make a decision, you are cutting off all other possibilities. So you can consciously, right in the moment, shift your attitude, drive different behaviors, and the behaviors determine the consequences or outcomes of your life. This is ABC. And my new book is called The Attitude Equation, ABC. So that's essentially what I, what I teach. And then we give demonstrations because I tell road stories about, you know, challenging situations Cher was in, challenging situations Pink was in. I talk about Billy Idol um, and I talk about my own cancer. What's different about the program I do with Heather is that I am the one that's defining sort of the results Whereas Heather is quantifying everything that I talk about in the stories and the examples in more of a neuro, neuroscience way. But the takeaways are fantastic and immediate. It's all about what everybody can walk away with. And so if you combine this amazing 
information that Heather talks about with the swagger of associating yourself with a rock star, because I really truly believe that everybody has their own inner rock star. And we even bestow upon the group their own rock star name to remind people. So it really is a very unique hybrid, very unexpected hybrid. That's why we're so excited about it. When we started doing it, we realized, wow, we are onto something that nobody on the planet is doing. And people are going to walk away with such a wealth of information and a wealth of emotional association that they can charge back to themselves. And it takes people even that may be in what they call the most mundane of jobs, such as accounting, and you walk away feeling, wait a minute, I got some rock star swagger too. And I've got some methodology that I can immediately apply. Because, you know, I could tell, you know, rock stories till I'm blue in the face. But with Heather there to define it, like I tell this amazing story about Cher, and I don't want to give away the, 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 the farm, but it's a pretty harrowing story. Shocking. And Heather actually explains what happened and why it worked and how Heather created this immediate attitude, uh, how, excuse me, how Cher created an immediate attitude shift and then how you can apply that back to you in your everyday life, dealing with your own anxieties, your own sort of um, impetuous moments that you need to alter in any business context. So we're doing something truly unique. It's really exciting. And the whole swagger component is wonderful because when I think of swagger, I think of just being able to be proud and really have an enormous amount of um, confidence in yourself and what you do. And that's the idea is we want to provide you with the confidence, you with the information, so you walk away going, wow, I feel like a rock star. And yeah, I love that. That's Absolutely our, that's our that. guarantee to you. That's our guarantee that's, to you. I love it. I love it. So, um, so that we've talked about neuroscience. We talked about attitude a little bit. That swagger word came up again. You know, every one of my conferences has a theme. This year's theme is soar. And um, and 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 now I'm inspired by this podcast. Not to give it away too early, but. I wouldn't be surprised if one of my themes from an upcoming conference is just the word swag, you know, because it's just uh, you, you, because that really is the missing piece. And, I, and I'm going to play off of something you said there with with the word the, the word mundane, because accountancy and tax preparation and bookkeeping can be very mundane. And you know what? A lot of people embrace the profession because they want that. They like the, their processors and they want the predictability and, and the routine of that. But anything in life, and I think you would agree, Mark, including being a drummer or singer in a band can become mundane if it, if it, if it's, if you lose your purpose, which is why you've probably seen so many performers go off the rails or go into drug addiction because they thought that the actual rock star part was the end game. And it's not the purpose is the end game and the rock star or whatever we do is the means to that end. And, and um, so do you want to comment on that real fast? And then I have another question for Heather. Sure. Well, I talk a lot about passion because people emphasize passion. Passion is a little bit overemphasized because passion is our how, so to speak. Passion is what gets us there. We become passionate, become, I want to become an accountant. I'm passionate about this. But passion wears off. It's fleeting. But the expansion of passion is purpose. And I use the metaphor that every single note I play matters. And if I attach a sense of purpose to every single note, word, 
phrase, thought, action, then I immediately become more passionate about it because the passion feeds the purpose and the purpose feeds the passion. And that is the key. And your your purpose is your why. So it's always about reconnecting with your why. And then you go into work and you you embrace that why. Because, you know, imagine I played, so what? I'm just a rock star by Pink over 800 times. So that can be just as mundane as anything else, except that I'm always aware of my why, that every single note, every word, every nuance, every thought matters. If I approach it that way, and then I become more purposeful, then I become more passionate, and I just simply have more fun. One of the basic components of hacking the rock star attitude, hacking the rock star brain, is to have a better time with your life, have a better time with your experience. Because if you could have a better time with every component of your experience, oh my God, that's sort of logarithmic. Your life improves tremendously. And you look forward to going into work because you have a bit of that swagger and you have more joy. And that is where, you know, Heather comes in where she will explain to you how you can create that. Yeah. And I want to get to that specifically, Heather, because we're long overdue to get back to you. And I have a very specific question about neuroscience. I want to kind of lead off with you. But to play off of something Mark said, what I've started doing because my schedule is so rigorous and and they're 10, 12 hour days, back to back appointments. The mic is hot all the time um, or I'm on a plane, work on a plane, land, had to be on my game the whole time. And, and it starts to become wearisome, right? And, and even though I am purpose-driven and I want to transform business through business advisors and I keep that at the forefront, I get up at the beginning of the day and it feels so heavy. And so what I've started doing at the beginning of every day is going through my calendar and actually verbalizing through the calendar, I get to meet with this <laughs> vendor today. I get to have this podcast recording today. I get to speak today. So I turned the have to to a get to. And I know we could unpack that forever, but we're long overdue to get to Heather. So Heather, you could comment on that. You're the neuroscience person. What does that do to my brain when I do that? And then the next question I want to ask you is, how much do neurochemicals play in your strategy? Um, those are great questions, Joe. And I'm kind of giggling because that's that's an hour long answer. <laughs> we can unpack that for an hour. <laughs> Just give me the skinny on it because I know <laughs> you'll have hours to present that at scaling. I I really want to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. First of all, I really want to highlight, I started my career as a corporate accountant. I know mundane. I know the financial brain. And then I, my path weaved into the financial world. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing, the reason that I really needed to study the brain was because of my own stress, overwhelm, fear, doubt, because of what I was trained, how I was trained, partially personally in the life experiences I had, but also just in that structure that those high performance let's be honest, sometimes very boring professions can leave us. And that really does lead to a lot of stress and burnout. So that in and of itself creates this base of chemical overwhelm in your brain. That creates habits. That creates an attitude that completely overtakes your actions, your focus every day. 
So the get to, which is one of Mark's favorite things to talk about. Oh, he actually or, does that. Yes. That's, that's, oh my gosh, we're aligned like that. That, that is that is one of my powerful attitude shifts. Oh my gosh! It's so wow. simple. Yeah. And I, but I and I and I go down a pretty deep rabbit hole about it, but. It is extraordinarily powerful when you just simply shift a have to to a get to because it so we had tapped into the same universal principle yeah. you and I because I hadn't read your book yet so wow that's yes. that's cool that validates my strategy I like that Mark it's yeah. huge but it but it starts with a conscious decision and see that's where really neuroscience comes into play because when you're overwhelmed and you're getting up and the first thing you do is look at your to do list or the things your kids need. You're overwhelmed and you're exhausted before you've even started your day, right? This comes down to conscious decisions. And here's a really another shift really to attach to that is motivation will get you going. Inspiration will keep you going when you've hit that overwhelmed spot, when your brain is taxed out and exhausted. And how you tap into that inspiration is by knowing who you want to be. That overrides everything from a chemical perspective, from a visioning and a for future forecasting perspective. So Joe, when you're talking about looking at your calendar and verbalizing and visualizing, what you're actually doing is you're forecasting who you want to be and you're training your brain to attach to that future self. That's a chemical mm -hmm. shift. And so these are all conscious decisions that need to start. The, and I, I break it down what I call nano and micro practices. It's overwhelming to say, I need to do all of these things every day. That's impossible, especially when you've been trained for many, many years to think and do and behave a certain way. So really starting with these very small micro steps and then you start to repattern your brain. You start to get different chemical reactions with different visions, with different thoughts. Because the truth is, your thoughts are the most powerful thing you have. And you get to choose them, but you have to give yourself some tools and skills. And that comes back to that confidence and swagger. When but, what well, I do thoughts, I don't mean to cut you off, but like thoughts are a habit like anything else. You know, um, I, I have a Pellegrino sitting here. It's been sitting here for four days, half drunk, because if it's sitting over here, I don't have the habit of grabbing it. If I put water in a coffee mug and I put it out in front of me, subconsciously, I grab it and drink throughout the day. So um, so that, you know, this, the power of habit comes into play here. And I'm sure you get into this, but if we're we're not cognizant of it, unless we make ourselves cognizant of it, but our brains have the same patterns. And you can get into a pattern of pessimistic thinking and a pattern of expectation, uh, the expectation of bad things happening in your life and not even be aware of the fact that that's the merry-go-round running around in your brain, right? So again, that could be a whole podcast episode. I don't want you to unpack mm -hmm. that now, but mm -hmm. I'm sure that's something you do bring up. I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'm going to ask Mark one more question and then we're out of time. Um, how much, how, how, how strong of an impact Heather is exercise on the brain? How important is that? And, um, and what kind of exercise has the strongest neurochemical benefit for, for the business professional? That's a really big question. 
And the simple answer is brain health is crucial. Brain health goes to what you fuel your body, your thoughts included. So brain, I have a whole acronym for brain health in the whole, what I call the reflect method, but brain health, how you fuel your body, what you drink, what you eat, your habits, and of course, yes, physical movement. Brain exercises, doing new things, trying new things, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, languages. There are many apps you can do, but it is a combination of brain health. There's not one magic formula, if you will. And these go back to habits. These go back to what we do every single day. We didn't become stressed out overnight. We came, became stressed out over years of conditioning to expect that to be undone in a day is unrealistic. But one thing every day, compounding can make a huge difference. So maybe just taking a long walk, um, you know, or getting on the treadmill, uh, maybe going ahead and get and, and downloading that Netflix or streaming that Netflix uh, yoga video and and fumbling your way through it. At least you're trying, right? And I just get use the physical examples. I'm also hearing you on diet and other things, but but Mark, I suspect music also impacts the brain in ways that motivate us and clear our mind. And do you ever address the impact of music on the brain? Music chose me. I didn't choose music. I was a drummer from the earliest age. Um, and I do absolutely believe that music almost adds like another dimension to our lives. Um, I know that, you know, Greg, who's the technician on this is a drummer. I believe that any chance you can get to expand your creativity in any way is going to expand your brain, is going to expand your consciousness. You know, people come up to me at, on the meet and greets and say, God, I would love to play drums, but I'm too old. And I go, now, wait a minute. Your brains are elastic until the day you die. So if you feel inspired, start painting, start playing the guitar, start playing the drums, because that's only going to enhance your experience. And, you know, the right brain, left brain thing, the logical component versus the creative component, which I think Heather's going to disagree with me on. But uh, it really does help. One will absolutely enhance the other. So if you are in a very logical position every day where you're just using the logical brain, like my accountant, my accountant started playing. He's been my friend since we were three. He started playing guitar when he was 45. He loves it. It's totally enhanced his life. So he's an accountant and that's what he does. And it really has helped him. It helps his sanity. It helps his brain. It helps his swagger, if you will. So I fully endorse it for everybody. Yeah. And, and I so wanna, I'm, I, go ahead, I, I, just, I wanna jump in. This is really important. I agree with everything Mark just said, mainly, but there's also. <laughs> We have so many neuroscience studies on what we call the Mozart effect. There are cancer patients who had certain music while they were going through treatment that significantly relaxed the brain. Certain music affects the brain, especially in certain conditions. So playing creates a different neuropathway of creativity. Listening 
moving your body in different condition and environments can retrain your brain as well. It's incredibly important. So music in general, from a neuroscience perspective, has a lot of benefit to the brain. Which is why Tai Chi. See, that's why that's why that's why she's that. here because she gives she gives the better explanation than me. You know. Yeah, it's fine. No, no I just I, it's fantastic, and, and I'm one of these people. I, by the way, I'm no professional musician, so I just want to make sure we're clear on this. Um, but I am an amateur musician, and I I play the piano, and um, and but because of that, my brain's been trained to respect the the art of music uh even though i'm not one of these people this natural inclination toward performing at excellence with that art i'm no classical pianist but um i am somebody whose brain's been trained to experience auditory euphoria and so like when i'm listening to rachmaninoff's third piano concerto that's the one that i typically that's my go-to if i'm stressed and it is arguably the penultimate of human com- uh, composition. Um, Rachmaninoff's <laughs> third piano concerto will will often, even if I'm very stressed out, it'll stimulate auditory euphoria in me and I will just cry. I'll just weep as I listen to it. Uh, so so they're, they're, they're not everybody has that <clears throat> strong of a reaction to music and not everybody experiences it with Rachmaninoff. You might experience it with Sticks or, or with Foreigner. What, whatever it is that you relate to, sometimes it's nostalgic. Go back to whatever the music of your childhood was. It's very powerful. And I'm, I'm sure, Heather, you and, you and Mark comment on things like that. But the point is, yes, let music, and your comment with cancer patients, there's an actual musical therapy science, right? Just let music be part of this whole swagger equation we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. So is there anything you like, guys would like to say to wrap us up? Any final comments? The one thing I did want to comment on uh, that you had spoken about earlier, because you have a very similar schedule with me and I do a lot of speaking and we're always on the run. We're always on the run. One of the things I just want to remind everybody is to remember that you are here to be of service. And when you get so insulated and you get so concerned about your own anxiety or your own you get really wrapped up in your own situation. You know, sometimes I might get that way even when I'm on the stage and I just peek out of the, the curtain and I look at the audience and I remind myself, I am here for them. And very one quick, I know it's a quick story, but I got to tell you, imagine being on stage in front of 50,000 people and not one set of eyes is looking at you because I am in the back line. I am the the drums, the bass, the guitar. We are the back line. We are there to support that shiny brand pink in the front. So people are not there for me. But if I wasn't there, if any one of the 225 people on the road were not there doing their job, the literally it can there could be disastrous results. So you can be in the background. You can be the unsung hero and have as much swagger and as much importance as the star or the product that you're selling. Just remember you are there to be of service. I love that, Mark. Heather, anything to wrap us up? Well, I I will just echo and pull that thread a a little bit more. I think that was very, very beautifully said, Mark. And Thank you, partner. (laughs) My pleasure, partner. And to really be able to do that 
I always look at it as in order to connect, in order to connect with others, you first have to connect with yourself. If your brain is disconnected, if you're stressed and and out of the moment, sort of speak, you're not going to be able to be of service and you're not going to be able to connect with others. And the only way to be able to connect is to reflect, to give your brain a moment, a, a space, a pause, a tool to just reflect. Where am I? How am I showing up? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Who could I be? Because if I can connect with myself, then I can connect with others. And that's what it's all about. Love that. Well, Heather, Mark, I'm super excited about you guys joining us, not just for the main stage. You have a couple of breakouts too. And I know that we haven't even begun to break down the surprises because there are surprises <laughs> that you guys are going to have for uh, everybody attending Scaly New Heights in St. Louis this June. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate the opportunity. This is fantastic. We love doing this stuff, by the way. <laughs> yeah, very thank much. You, Joe. Thank you. All right. see, you guys, see you guys in June. All right. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit woodard.com slash podcast.